Cape Talk. A world view from London with Adam Gilchrist. Good morning, Adam Gilchrist. Um, will it start in Gaza? All sorts of legal and humanitarian political opinion around the difference between a humanitarian pause and a ceasefire. What we're seeing at the moment now is a pause in um, in bombardment of simply a few hours, but it's hoped this would help civilians in Gaza um, talk of more trucks to be allowed through to provide that much-needed aid to that region. Yes, Joe Biden has certainly said that it's a step in the right direction. Not that he's called for a ceasefire, but he certainly calls for these pauses, as you say, to allow aid in in particular. Also, I guess, to uh, speed some people out across the Rafa crossing into Egypt, although I guess most foreign nationals have left. Um, probably not all, though. That's uh, still a, a bone of contention. Um, but the pauses, I guess the main difference is, is that Israel has said these are tactical local pauses for humanitarian aid. So it won't be across the board. There will still be, I guess, the sound of artillery or bombardments or shooting, whatever, in, in some parts, but that maybe specifically where aid is coming in, they will pause there. And of course, a pause is a temporary ceasefire. It means four hours and we go again. So for people to get to the south, it's a seven-kilometer walk, more or less, for most people, because motorized transport can't get through. There's too much rubble, and most of it's also been destroyed. So walking seven kilometers in four hours sounds fine, but not if you haven't Mm. eaten properly for a month, or you have an injury, or you've got an elderly relative who's suffered both. It's not long basically, and to to round up your possessions, come out from wherever you are hiding underground and and then head south to who knows what, Mm. an aid shelter, maybe a a UN tent. It's still a very, very tricky thing, but it is a step in the right direction. Mm. I don't imagine it'll stop any of the various Armistice Day ceasefire marches and rallies that have planned for tomorrow around the world mm. uh, more and more calls for a ceasefire dick durbin a u.s senator says senator has become the first uh, american senator to to call for a general ceasefire i see that um belgium is also making intimations to the european union to call for all-out ceasefire in Gaza. So we mm. keep our eye on that. But let's move on to our next story, a grim funeral parlor. It's the second funeral incident in Colorado this year. Yeah, the U.S. state of Colorado seems to have a thing going on. I think maybe it's coincidence. Let's call it that. A husband and wife who own a particular funeral parlor in Colorado have been arrested because out the back they found dozens and dozens of dead bodies. Obviously, dead bodies that should have been taken care of. John and Carrie Halford, they run an, or did, run an eco-friendly funeral home. So no chemicals, no embalming, fluids, all that stuff. A nice green send-off, like. But neighbours reported foul smells. When police went to investigate, they found, out the back, 189 decaying, decomposing bodies. Why would you live with that? If you run the funeral home, why would you live with that apart from anything else? They were taking the money, basically, and doing nothing, which is why they have now been accused of a whole bunch of things, including the abuse of corpses, theft, money laundering, and forgery. So a couple of things thrown in there to spice it up. 
But also, as you say, in Colorado a few months ago, another funeral home operator was sentenced to 20 years in jail because they had been dissecting dead bodies and selling off the parts. Again, not really what you want for the final resting place for your loved ones. And then I've learned a thing or two during the Rugby World Cup that um, the squad management prepares a number of shirts uh, for rugby players, of course, the, 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 the gear that you play in, and then they deliberately pan uh, separate shirts for the shirt swapping after the game. But something interesting happened in the Champions League uh, game, an early shirt swapping at halftime as Erling Haaland. He may have started at Utrecht. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens in Manchester City's next game because, yes, at half-time, yes, Manchester City were playing well, were in charge of the game, but at half-time, the opposition captain from this team, young boys from Switzerland, from Bern in Switzerland, approached Erling Haaland and said, can I have your shirt? Apparently, Haaland was a bit sort of, oh, a bit nonplussed about it, shall we say, but handed over the shirt at half-time. Now, Haaland has scored... He's such a scoring phenomenon. He's scored 67 goals in 70 matches for Manchester City. He has 39 goals in 34 Champions League matches. He's only 23. He's already in the top 20 all-time goal scorers in the Champions League, only 23. So I guess his shirt is a prized object. It is an odd football ritual when you think about it, at the end of a game anyway, to take somebody else's sweaty shirt and put it on and give them your sweaty shirt but at half time i suppose it's slightly less sweaty maybe that's the idea uh, the reaction to it is fascinating all sorts of people have commented but i like this from the former scotland striker ali mccoyst who was on commentary duty on the night of uh, the man city game a hundred percent not having it that's embarrassing it is said. it is isn't it it is because you're basically saying yeah when, yeah. You're, when you're on the field of play we're equals. I am a competitor to you until the final whistle blows. Whether you exactly. are a Champions League team or whether you're a small club team, we're equals regardless of the play at the moment. After the game, then I can say, great game. I mean, or I'm actually a fan and then can I have your shirt? It's actually quite embarrassing from the young boys captain, I, I believe. Yeah, halfway through a tennis match, can you imagine? Novak, could you just sign my, my wristband, please? You know, it, it, it suggests subservience, which you're not meant to do in a sporty circle. As you say, until at the end when you shake hands. Maybe we should cut, cut out the middleman now and go straight to the champagne and the warding of the ball and the man of the match award before kickoff. Why don't we do it then? Why don't we do it then? I'm Gilchrist. Enjoy your weekend. I'll chat you on Monday with you the Worldview.